Reckless Blend podcast. I know I haven't posted in a while, but Rory and I recorded this uh, about a month ago. And we talk about finances and some other things. We go off on a tangent, of course. And uh, apologize for all the background noise as she is cooking. Hope you enjoy. Hello. Uh, a finance podcast uh, specifically for people in her situation who are uh, poor. <laughs> Student loans. I mean, you're like a typical millennial, I feel like. And you have so. careers, I feel like. I have. I've had three so far going into my fourth. Yeah, and you kind of went all over the place, and then now you're looking at PA. And so yes. Discussion. Because there's some things that you want, like, you know, some stability and children soon. Indeed. All right, I'm going to share my screen. Not yet, huh? I still see your face. Personal finance. Yes, I see it. Okay. I made this because I might have to show my students this. Because they're always asking about like student loans, what am I going to do afterwards? And I'm like, man, if I knew this stuff when I was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. I probably would have been a millionaire by now. I'm like, Wait, like legitly? Like, yeah, I probably. Anyways. But we, I want to talk about why it's important, finances, because you and I, we come from a background where we kind of hate the idea of money and capitalism. Yes. <laughs> We're like stuck in the situation. So correct. So Christian perspective, that's it. Um, so, okay. Generational wealth. I realized my mother, Roran's cooking right now. You can just add, chat, chime in whatever. Um, so my, my mother came from wealthy family when she immigrated here. She made some poor decisions. And, uh, well, they had some problems back in Korea. They moved here. Um, she married. Uh, she got a divorce like 15 years ago. And she you know, inherited this house. But she was not financially literate. So um, she ended up sh- short sailing a house, which is not good. And basically, um, all the money that she received from that time, if invested well, you know, I would have inherited it. But instead, I probably have to support her. My dad mismanaged or my grandpa mismanaged money in Korea. And that was an inheritance, like millions of dollars. Uh, but after the divorce, I don't know what happened. They didn't manage it well. And like all the buildings that they owned in uh, Busan, all gone. And yeah, so there's like multiple, there's two inheritances I missed out on. Luckily, I have like, you know, the good inheritances, like, you know, uh, spiritual stuff. If you say good luck, I swear to God. <laughs> but it doesn't pay the bills. I mean, that's like a big problem. Um, a lot of parents don't understand financial literacy. And so uh, people like you and me, uh, maybe not you, uh, we're like, not only have we have to take care of ourselves and then our children, we have to take care of the generation above us. So we have to take care of three freaking generations, which is, not normal in like, you know, your typical wasp life, you know, usually you get some money from your parents to help out with the down payment of a loan uh, for your first house. And that's how you build some wealth. So in financial literacy, we you don't learn it in school. Like I've only recently learned this like the past few years, realizing that in like 15, 20 years, all the decisions my mom makes and what I make now, like will ultimately come down to me. You know, 
like your parents, like um, if they're not too well off or they're pastors or something like that, and they're like, you know, going off to missions and stuff like that. That's great. That sounds fantastic. But there's a price to be paid by the family. And I don't think that's discussed enough. Uh, yes. uh, like a literal monetary cost to that. So the generations that I saw, you know, being pastors, like our parents and our grandparents, there's like this dying without dignity. Yeah. About? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Caleb's, uh, so for listeners who don't know about my life, Caleb is my husband. Um, his, <laughs> um, his parents are like, uh, they used to be in like, you know, regular fields of work and then uh, switched over like midlife, like around late thirties to full-time missionary work. Yeah. And it like rough, like real rough. Like mom says, tells us stories about, my mother-in-law tells us stories about like, she had to like calculate the amount of water she could use oh and like, like, they didn't have a shower in their first home. So they had to use like, just like pour water over themselves every day for a shower for like X amount of years. Like it was a godsend when a random like lady gave them like a, a fan for the summer so that they could actually have some sort of relief from like the heat. It's like, it's rough. It's like so rough. And then now, like after raising five kids, you know, they're still not in a great place. And then Caleb's older brother has a lot of stress on him because he makes like the most money out of all of us. And like a lot of the reason why we changed, decided to change our career in a different direction is because like of this triple generation burden, financial burden. Yeah. That we have to do. And you're right. Like they don't teach any of this and it's really things like this, like podcasts or Reddit, and like kind of people that you don't really know usually kind of trying to teach you about financial literacy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as you know, especially this 2020, there's no safety net in this country compared to other uh, democratic nations. So I think the number one cause of uh, bankruptcy in the U S is healthcare related. Yeah. Let's say, okay. Almost all of us. I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, we live a long life, if, and, and if we do live a long life, uh, there's heart disease, cancer, all those super, super expensive. And I'm, this is coming yes. from a healthcare provider. Even right. the costs were like, when I got admitted to the hospital, were a few thousand dollars, which like, if you're, you know, paycheck to paycheck, that's going to absolutely- That's me. Yeah. And, and my, <laughs> I mean, she didn't have health insurance for the long, longest time because it's not like a, it wasn't a mandated thing back then. Yeah. And uh, because of that, you know, one, one lump in her breast and that wrecked, you know, the, all the finances and we're so crazy. U.S. citizens are having to depend on, uh, you know, GoFundMe pages for their healthcare, which is insane. I know. Um, so because of all that, and I don't trust the government, we have to like be really mindful of that. Yeah. It's really messed up how the system is, but you just have to understand the system. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, missions minded, you and I are both missions minded, but we kind of got out of the, uh, you know, Western colonizing style of missions. Indeed. And, you know, there's like, especially Koreans, there's like this, uh, 
realization, you know, that we have to be poor in money and poor in spirit. Um, right. Which is not always, always the case. It's also it, poor theology, arguably. Yeah, it is, is very poor. Damage done by previous generations. And then we have to discuss like parallel talents. Like if God gives you a, a place, we don't always have to be these uh, martyrs living like. Um, right being pastors or missionaries and stuff like that. There's so many different fields and you are in the same position in the classical sense. And you were, you were a pastor, you know, right. Like we can see the impact that we make in like a business world. And if you understand the system to help people that are being oppressed by the system. Right. So impact influence is not just in the pulpit, but you and Mm -hmm. I have discussed that. Uh, we are not of the world, but definitely in it. And then we have to understand yes. the system to help the marginalized, um, the financial system. Because, you know, I was reading the story. I was on Instagram. This guy helped this uh-huh. user uh, buy two Bitcoins two years ago. <gasps> nice. It's like 100K, $100,000 now. And she's so Hell yeah. to pay off, like, you know, her kid's debt. And she was crying. Yeah. She's no one in her family has ever had that. Yeah. You know, it's like, whoa. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So first steps, I would say, is all that. It's like a new language. It's like learning medicine. Yes. You'll do. You know, you don't know what maybe all our gastroparesis is. And it's all English, but you don't understand. So uh, I've heard of people going to Investopedia. It's like a financial website. Do you like it? Uh, I used it when I was younger and then you can uh-huh. set up your own like stocking stock trades. And it's like fake money. And then they also have a dictionary uh-huh. you go through it and start learning all the terms. What is uh, the difference between a 401k? What's the difference between uh, IRA? Things like that. Mm-hmm. I, okay. You're going to hate this, but I total or by Dave Ramsey or rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I don't like either of those guys very much and uh-huh. they some like really trashy stuff. Yes. But there's some principles in there that's like super important. So I took out some of the principles. Okay. So you don't have to maybe read that. <laughs> so if you're like a new student or you got a lot of debt and you got not much income coming in, you need to go. Yeah. On. So basically Dave Ramsey's like, you need to be on, you know, beans and rice. You need to cut out all yeah. as much as possible because if you're on student loans. Wait, what's mint? Mint is just a uh, online program you can download on your phone. It's an app. Uh, it's, uh, it's like banking. It just oh. your uh, spending. So oh, you, okay. So it's a little bit easier. I just did it on Excel. I've been doing it on Excel forever. Joyce yeah. doesn't like doing any of this, so I do all of it. <laughs> so nice. It's fun. So fun. Um, so I, I think what people don't understand is when you're in debt, student loans. Like I was 150 grand in loans. A dollar is not a dollar. So every time you spend money on a coffee, a coffee or fancy dinner, like our latte for $5, that latte is not $5. You have to add like interest to that. And so it's actually five fifty. So everything that you spend money on now when you're poor and in debt, you're spending extra because you're paying that interest, which is like pretty significant now. Yeah. Wait, um, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Um, does this apply if you're like in any amount of debt? For example, yeah. Like if I was in only like quote unquote only like say 4k of like credit card debt, I have no student debt. 
versus like somebody what like your situation where you were in like 150k same thing um it depends on your income and it's you really shouldn't be in credit card debt because that percent uh-huh. is like 20 30 percent right so i would never go into credit card debt unless it was like you know zero percent interest for several several like you know a year or two whatever yeah you know? that's the only time i would keep it and i would try to pay it off without paying interest because that's like that's that'll kill you the interest in those credit cards and interest in student loans that's going to kill you yeah okay cool um set up an emergency fund for for you honestly i would just do like a thousand bucks something explain that because um there's like a trade back if you put in like five ten thousand dollars in your emergency fund Uh uh-huh that's you could be paying off that debt in that right right that's the drawback so usually when people are starting they try and you're not your income is not very much then yeah set up an emergency fund for a thousand dollars just in case like because you can't afford like a real emergency fund a real emergency fund should be like three to six months of your salary right but you should be which ain't that much for me <laughs> much so I, I wouldn't do that right now right now okay um so basically like yeah, live way below your means, you know, drink your coffee at home, don't spend Yeah. Money. And when you start realizing how, when you can start investing and you can invest in, there's something called compound interesting interest. Right. So um, every dollar, if you eke out like $500 um, uh-huh. things by living frugally every month, year's time, I, you invest that into like stocks or whatever, you know, let's say that's the, that's $6,000. Yeah. It turns up to be like increase in 50% in two years, which is very possible. You made $3,000 by doing nothing. So investing nice. stocks, mutual funds, retirement funds, these are like very easy passive ways where you don't have to work your ass off to make some money, basically live a life where you could be a little bit comfortable. Yeah. And not in a bad You go over like investing because that is like, yeah. The only thing I understand about investing is like GameStop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And GameStop. <laughs> so, um, okay. Debt, student debt's cri- crippling. You have to understand the percentages. So, okay. I don't know if you have federal loans, but they're like super high sometimes, maybe like 7%. You might get loan forgiveness um, depending on what you do, but it's not always guaranteed. I wouldn't like bank on the US government paying off your loans. Mm-hmm. Um, you may never. Be- to refinance your loans. So I refinanced at like 70,000, 80,000. Okay. Uh, for a private company. So basically that private company buys your federal loans and then gives you a much better rate because they're still making money off you. So oh. I'm like seven and a half percent to 2.5%. Mm. Like thousands of dollars on, you know, $80,000. Um, SoFi, Mohila, there's a bunch yeah. of them. Uh, the caveat is if they do forgive your student loans, like like Biden's talking about now, um, the private, yeah, it might not happen. The private loans don't count. And oh. rural loans usually die with you, but if you pass private loans, sometimes can be passed on to <gasps> family. Really? So that's the only bad part. But oh, I did not know that. Inflation is about 3%. 
which means that your dollar, <laughs> your dollar is depreciating every year about 2%. So it's just you putting money in a savings account actually loses. I'm losing money. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So it's way better to invest and just have that for just in case. There's always risk to investing, of course, but we'll get into investing. So I don't think, I didn't understand what retirement funds were. Um, yeah. Well, I kind of like... And when I got the information from my first job, I had no idea. Yeah. So there's something called the 401k. Most jobs, like if you're if you work as a PA, you'll get a 401k most likely. And yeah. There are huge funds that are from a brokerage, which is a company like Charles Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard. They. This is America specific, correct? Yeah, this is America specific. Okay. Other countries have it too. Most employees match about three percent of your savings. Uh, a year so if you okay. make, so the easy number is if you make about hundred thousand a year and you invest three thousand a year um so that's like three percent your employer uh-huh. will your employer will put in three thousand so it's free money oh yeah and they have a group one so it's a free 3k so you should always go at least three percent so while you're paying off your debt you may not like put a ton into your retirement fund but you should at least contribute your employee match because that's free money. I see. Wait, what's the benefit for the company to do that? Like, do they, is that a federal requirement? No, that's just a benefit that uh, most companies give their employees. Just to be nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. I mean, they uh, pool all their money into this retirement fund. Yeah. Ah. So the limit of your 401k is about 20,000. So you can put in 20,000. And this is nice because there's some tax benefits. Okay. Um, You don't pay taxes on anything you contribute. Okay. So if you're making 100,000, you contribute the full $20,000. You're only, you're not getting taxed at 80,000. Or a hundred thousand, you're getting taxed at eighty thousand, which is much less. Got it. But when you take it out, you get taxed. But I see. Why is there a limit? Um. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that interesting. So the thinking is, um, if you so usually when you're younger, you're you make more money, so you're in a higher tax bracket. Uh huh. So when you take it out. Uh, when you're allowed to, which is like 59, 60 years old, right? You're in a lower tax bracket. So when you pull that money out, you'll be taxed at a less lesser percent. Oh, okay. So uh, most people, you know, if you're making a lot of money, you don't have much debt. You should be pouring into this because it's um, tax-free money. Essentially, it'll help with your taxes when you're younger. So, question though. So, say that you don't plan on it is like a 60 percent possibility that like you don't plan on staying in the united states for like when you're older you're still like, get the money though you still get the money yeah so oh. we'll take these 401ks and then move to a different country yeah they'll take out their 401k as needed as long as you stay an american citizen right uh, i don't think it has anything to do with america being american citizen Oh, yeah, that's good to know. Okay, cool. The tax implications on that very specific question. But. Yeah. 
I have to say, I am not a financial advisor, so don't take this with a grain of salt, but this is like very basic stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So 401k, I didn't realize there were all stocks. Right. So that I knew. So there's mutual funds, which are um, funds that are managed by people or computers, and they pick certain stocks. And then there's index funds, which are passive funds. So they're like the S&P 500, which is like right. 500 of the top stocks, and they just you just follow it. So right. the nice thing about these index funds is they're low cost to maintain. Stable, right? They usually charge you a little bit uh, every month or quarterly or every year to manage these funds, which is like a total scam. And But these index funds are low cost and uh, they're low risk. As long as the, um, and it's not just the US, you can get um, international funds as well. Oh. So you mix it up, you diversify. And uh, generally, these will make you about 7 to 8% a year. And it's been like that for the last like, you know, 70 years. So I, I looked this up. If you invested $250 a month, uh-huh. regular index fund like the S&P, mm-hmm. um, you would make, you would be at two. Whoa. Yeah. Dang. It takes a while and this is very conservative. So a lot of people like live by this rule, just just to index funds. Um, that's, that's like, way. you don't even think about it. You literally just throw in the money and then. If you're a young pastor, cool. you know nothing about finances. You don't want to be involved. This is an easy way just to put your money into, forget about it. Set and forget. Um, it doesn't matter if the stock market goes up or down because it's just like consistency over decades. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, the, am I correct in this? I heard somewhere that like, no matter what, even with dips, in the past, like however many years, even with like the depression and stuff, the general trend is always up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy this year, but I won't, I won't get into that. Um, so, okay. your retirement fund. The retirement fund is really conservative, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you've earned those tax advantages. You're not paying tax on everything. Mm-hmm. Other options, but you can do um, you can do you can do a small business. You can invest in a house for real estate. Uh, or you can do stocks and ETFs, which are a collection of stocks, ETFs. Mm-hmm. So it goes uh, like the size of it. It goes index funds and mutual funds. And then ETFs, which are like maybe like 10, 20 stocks that are just like in a field like energy or oil or EVs. And uh-huh. then mutual stocks, which is like Tesla or something like that. And the... The size correlates with risk, correct? Like increased risk? The individual stocks are the most risky because uh, okay. individual stock does bad. And yeah. The only thing you own, you're screwed. But if you have an ETF, you have like 20 stocks, one does bad, the other ones will keep it, you know, propped up. Right. They don't, the volatility is higher. So the, the risk and reward is higher with individual stocks. I see. So there's also like, different kind of stocks so so let's say you like you got some like cash um uh-huh. done all these things and you, you want to risk it a little bit you could okay in a, something called a growth stock which is a stock that has potential to go up like crazy like Tesla. i don't know if it is anymore but it, it definitely was a growth stock if you invested in tesla in march uh, like you'd be, oh i heard it went up like crazy it went up insane yeah high risk high reward then there's also yeah. stocks called dividend stocks 
um, Home Depot and Johnson Johnson are them. They're little, okay. you know, they've been around for a while and they actually pay you like either quarterly, monthly, um, they'll pay you. To invest. They'll pay you and you can do whatever you want with that money. It's free. Oh. Yeah. So if you Is have a lot? million into like Home Depot and uh-huh. Microsoft, whoever does the dividend stocks, you can just live off that. Damn. It's free All money. right. Yeah, this is how rich people stay rich, you know. Oh my god! But most people don't know this. Yeah, I don't know this. <laughs> I'm learning today. There's blue chip stocks like Apple, Google, Microsoft. They're pretty low risk, you know. Um, things that yeah. You, I would just like invest in stocks that you kind of know when you really like the company, stuff like that. That's I mean, it, you can just invest a little bit in it or play that game yeah. with uh, Investopedia, just to kind of learn. Uh, some of the things and uh, some of the, the nuances of it. I see. So a conservative plan is, you know, after you're done with your uh, maxing out your retirement fund, you go 90% into index funds and 10% into like fun stuff like crypto or Tesla or cannabis stocks or something like that. Wait, crypto, worth it? Question mark? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh I mean it's it's going crazy right now. Yeah. Bitcoin like I bought it a few years ago and I should have um cuz it w- it went up like from that at that time is like 14 20,000 so it, right. you know, doubled. But yeah, I understand it, you know, I, I don't yeah. know much about it. I mean, I wouldn't put too much into it, you know. Okay. It is very confusing as well. It is. Um, Yeah, I invested into Tesla like pretty early on. I invested into Amazon when I was in PA school. Damn. So I bought bought nine of them um, for like $200 a piece. No way. Yeah. Wow. And then I sold it this year, which was early, but I was still positive like, you know, thousands good amount yeah oh yeah so yeah i didn't i think i probably made about like sixteen thousand um doing nothing just from the amazon stocks so they call it buying and holding these companies so you buy it now forget it you know you trust the company and then after that and what's crazy is yeah taxes you pay on stocks you hold for over a year it's only 10 to 15 percent Huh. Get paid. So if you're an investor, yeah, you just have stocks. You pay less taxes, even though you're like a multimillionaire, than someone who works like a a nine to five job or like a. I hate that. It's insane. I hate that. It's, that it, makes my blood boil. Yeah, that's a called the capital gains tax. That's how rich people make money because they don't pay taxes like normal people. Ugh. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah totally rigged system um, the real estate um you know we've been looking for a while too um yeah it's really hard in california because you need about 20 percent down and houses are like oh, really you can go lower generally 20 percent um it's debated whether it's a true investment by people because you're living in it and if you're not making too much money on it it's not really investment because uh, really? it's high time, then you're going to buy at a high time. So unless you have right. two properties, it's not, it's not really. Oh. 
there's some tax benefits to it. Uh, what's cool is uh, there's another tax advantage. So if you live in a home for two years, mm-hmm. um, you price like a hundred thousand sold it for a hundred thousand more than you bought it for and let's say you did like a thirty thousand dollar renovation yeah you're not taxed at all on the profits that you made from that house just because long as you live in it for two years dang so that that thousand dollars like you netted seventy thousand dollars without paying yeah dang yeah this is like rich people stuff Oh my god. I don't know why this is depressing me. <laughs> my poor is showing. <laughs> Do you think like most Korean pastors know this? No. Oh no way. Most of our age group knows this? No. Absolutely. No, not at all. I think the last we have like a couple slides up. Uh, taxes are huge important wealth keepers, like we were talking. Okay. Uh what did I write? Low income, med- medium income families pay far greater percentage of taxes than their wealthy counterparts for a few reasons. <laughs> Corrupt. <laughs> yeah like are these especially on the republican side when poor republicans in like you know alabama or something like that like right like that. you're paying higher percentage taxes than you know freaking like warren buffett whatever i know um so yeah the, we talked about the home no tax on profits from the home you lived in for two years um oh. so you, you can do like a maximum of two hundred fifty thousand dollars untaxed money if you do really well in a house. Dang. Um, capital gains on long-term investments. So if you own Tesla, uh, you sell after holding it for a year. Yeah. Federal tax is only like 10%. Yeah, it's really small. And if you uh, pull it out faster than a year, you pay yeah. like regular your regular income tax. So a millionaire can be in like a 32% uh, highest tax bracket. Yeah. Stocks hold it for a year. They're automatically bumped to bump down, so their taxes are way less. So yeah, these people that you know you want to increase their taxes. There's all these little loopholes that they have that they can get around paying taxes. The one thing I learned about this whole like GameStop, AME or whatever, yeah, uh, like thing was these loopholes. Like it's insane. It's insane. How easy it is because the tax code is insane yeah like like you you can have teams and teams and teams of people dedicated to this and it's still like what the hell it's really confusing it's really hard to understand i mean as long as you know some of the loopholes to use for yourself and kind of yeah other people you gotta like you know marginalize these kind of things so they're not like living paycheck to paycheck and that sort of thing um, right. The hardest thing is to get your first is to is that first um, initial like get out of debt. Uh, get yeah. The hardest part because after that right. it's actually a little bit a lot of bit easier. Yeah. Um, so businesses, this is another thing mm-hmm. that you can do because you're kind of an entrepreneur. You can start a company, like mm-hmm. a company, and that's a like, that's like a license. Or, uh, that's not that's not a license. Sorry, that's a business corporation it's called the s corp okay a huge wealth loophole okay so it's a business entity you don't get more so you can actually have the business everything go through that business let's say it's roaring llc or roaring roaring um 
corporation, right? Do you remember my name? <laughs> it's always Lauren. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're not getting taxed normally because right. you can actually pay yourself very little. So oh. thinks that you're getting paid this amount of money. Right. And, uh, even though you own the S Corp. And through, uh-huh. So you pay your you pay your salary. You can write off business expenses like your own car and just put it under the business entity and oh. travel and things like that as long as it qualifies. And you're paying let's say you pay yourself like, you know, uh, $50,000. Okay. These people that- Did you just say that's paying myself very little because yeah. I dream of that salary. <laughs> well, when you're a PA, you'll make more than that. I hope so. If I get into school. So these like really rich people, uh-huh. they got the stimulus checks because on their tax statements, what? it says they make $50,000. Uh, the money that they have is in the business oh and all their cars, everything is just they're untaxed and they can buy like you know fifty sixty thousand dollar car it, use it as like a business write-off and they don't yeah. have that it's crazy i don't like that yeah they could be doing very well and it looks like they're not doing very well according to the irs oh so here's something that you might find interesting um socially conscious oh investing okay so the problem with these index funds is there are a ton of companies but a lot of these companies are like really evil right like there's oil companies there's Mm -hmm. new companies or uh, private prison companies around there sometimes right arms manufacturers and you're like uh how do i how do i right 401k it's very hard to change that um, if you if you remember the news like Stanford or these Ivy League schools, the students were like complaining about these funds that the schools owned, and they have like million dollar, multi million dollar funds. Um, they were investing oh. in companies like oil companies or private prisons. Oh. They're like, you know, you I talk. Did not know that. You talk about like you know, um, all these uh, like socially social justice things, but then you yeah. companies like this, you know. Right. So 401k, it's really hard to get out of. Um, oh. I try to stay away. I don't I do not do index ones, to be honest. I think they're too conservative. Um, okay. I try to stay away from evil companies. That's another reason I don't stay with index companies. Index yeah. Companies. So I try to invest in ETFs, which are a little bit less risky, you know? Yeah. But, um, minimize my risk so it's not like just one stock. And it helps. Right. You know, I try to do like clean energy and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. There's a whole group of ETFs called ESGs, which means environmental, social, and governance. They're uh-huh. like socially conscious individual stocks, but it's not perfect. Right. Oh, of course not. There yeah. can't be. It's a. It's in a capitalistic system. There's only so much you can do. The system is broken. So, I mean, it's not broken. It's designed how it's supposed to go. Or go. Right. And you can't like be completely. Your hands aren't completely clean. Will know? never be. Never. Yeah. But you do your best. So I, right. I invest in like you know, a company. I invested in a company, oil company earlier uh, last year. And then I read okay. an article how. They were contributing to this place called Cancer Alley in Louisiana. And oh, that's fun. What a great name. That like produced all this pollutants. 
And uh-huh. there's like the highest percentage of um, people with cancer in that alley. And it's mainly black or brown. And I was like, oh, I can't invest in this company. So I sold it. Oh, yeah. my God. So you Ooh, I can contribute something to this. What? Um, so there are companies like investment, smaller investment companies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe one of them is called Elevest. Have you ever heard of Elevest? Uh-uh. So Elevest, and then I have to I have to find the second one. But there are companies out there that um, sort of focus on specific types of people, and then allies of those people. So Elevest, for example, um, it's pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. However, it is like a lot of people's way of trying to like invite more people who like normally don't think about investing or have never thought about investing to start investing because it's smart. And like, they have a very, like, you know how as certain companies, it's like, you have to invest a certain amount of money. Like you have to have like $5,000 in order to like start investing with this. The it's very inviting. So their whole purpose is to have like, literally have anybody start. So they don't have a minimum amount of money that you have, you have to start with. You can start with literally a dollar if you wanted to, um, if that's like all you can afford, or you can do like a hundred dollars a month or whatever you can financially do. Yeah. And it's geared more specifically towards people who like want to be more socially conscious. And so like LFS, the company will do the research for you to see if like, for example, if you are a black or brown, um, trans, non-cisgendered person. And like, you don't want to invest in companies that are like Chick-fil-A, for example. Right. Sure. They will make sure that like whatever companies that they like go through and like they're investing in with the money that you give them, that they're not investing in people who basically do things like policy wise against you. So Yeah. So there's like more like the little research that I have done. There are companies like that that are I think the other one's called like Green Green Belt or something like that. Two of them. Yeah. Yeah, I've read yeah, I've read up on Yeah. But yeah, I'm very interested in them. Yeah, you gotta do your own research too. Mm-hmm. So one of the ETFs, uh, the ESG ETFs at night yeah. because they're like, you know, social justice and all that. And you know when the commercials were coming out with like Colin Kaepernick and yeah, yeah, yeah. my Vietnamese affirmative. <clears throat> Sorry, my Vietnamese friends are like everything. Everyone thinks like Nike is woke, woke, uh, but they still have like sweatshops in my. Country. Oh, for sure. It's like, yeah, you got to do your own research. Oh, um, for sure. In like whatever, wherever you can come to grips with conscience, mm-hmm. own conscience, right companies i can't do some others and i'm sure it's going to change as i you know grow older and stuff like that right oh this is my last slide there's a ton I made it there's a ton of finances this doesn't go over anything you just need to like make it a habit to kind of learn this stuff because all like the little things that you do now yeah it exponentially affects your life like right years from now and not just your own no no yeah you gotta think like say you're like almost 30 I'm three this year. I'm going to have kids soon. And what kind of life? I don't want them thinking about, I don't want them to have to think about these financial things as much as right. I have to do. Right. You know, to be a little bit more free and, you know, then they can pursue whatever. Right. They can art or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I think like, especially like Christians, missionaries, the point of this is not greed or just being comfortable because it's like, I think it's kind of like idle to be like not comfortable to kind of suffer. Oh, right. It's very, it's very Korean Christianity too. It is. And then even we think about like social justice, how we did missions, Mm -hmm. like a macroeconomics, we need to understand um, and how to help people. We can't right. go and, you know, preach the gospel or something like that and uh, expect them to be fine when right. literally they're like being um, oppressed oppressed, or they don't have any job opportunities. They don't have health care. You know, like what use is that? You know, what, mm-hmm. I think what did Martin Luther King say something about like you can teach, you can tell like a poor man about you know, the gospel, what it's pointless if he's, if they're hungry. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of uh, Christian churches and organizations just come like completely. All short. Yeah. And they don't really understand it and they don't know it. And I feel like theology, y'all. They're so comfortable and under, in like their understanding of the world. And with these like financial things, I feel like it bites them in the butt for the people that, um, really believed it later on and didn't make right. financial like you know smart moves and just like, yep man we gotta take then the whole family's gotta take care of uh you know missionary mm-hmm. uncle finances <laughs> at all yeah and they're living in africa you know, doing whatever kind of savior barbie stuff yeah and then you know we can inf- you and i we can influence whatever our fields are yeah we're like a more fair system well so okay so comment on that yeah because we live in a capitalistic system and it functions exactly the way that it's designed to and it marginalizes the marginalized and will continue to expand that gap between the rich and the poor as it is doing right now when we do these things like how do we have you thought about this a little bit like like how do we sift through like the moral and like sort of Christian theological hurdles, I guess. Yeah. Of like, for example, like investing in X company, they're like 90% good, but they're 10% not that great because of things that we can't change. Do we still invest? Do we still go for it even though it will cause harm? Yeah. You know what I mean? I believe that almost all companies will ca- cause harm because we're right. in a uh, uh, industrial nation. So right. nothing is zero carbon. We're polluting the environment. We're right. using stuff and it's like a enforcing of materialism, all that sort of thing. I think that's an existential question. You might have to, you know, live in a farm, uh, not <laughs> hurt or the world or anybody else, you know, it's like yeah. jungle, something like that. But if you yeah. are in the world, I mean, you gotta have to understand the system. And right. Using the system to benefit yourself. And I don't think that's what I'm, I'm advocating here. I'm just advocating. No, I don't think so either. But you, you get what I'm saying, right? I do I do? Um, yeah, you're there. It's 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 uh, the Calvinist total depravity. <laughs> no good to be found in this world. Right. Make the best of it. I think. Just have a, a sense of humility about all this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like the more I like. This is off tangent, but I'm starting to read up on macroeconomics. Yeah. And um, how that 
plays with like black conservatism and conservatism in, in, in general and yeah racist roots i'm like i i really don't know the answer because i'm reading stuff on right. um, like the free market and how that's helped different countries but it ignores the fact that the system is so so broken that the only way we can fix it is erasing billions and trillions of dollars of debt of poor right and how do right. we get there in the first place so um, and how do we not revert back to it like after doing that yeah the only reason these these countries like um, korea or uh, vietnam and all those countries did okay was that the western world erased their debt and donated right you know however much money uh, over several years just to get them out of it and that's right. only that's like our so that's the that's the democracy's free market capitalization uh, capitalism their solution to fix problems right hope that private companies and governments will erase debt and uh, monetarily support these countries right and the reason they're in that uh, situation many times is because of capitalism and you know right uh, raping their resources and people and mm -hmm. it's crazy it's really crazy it's like i forget who said this i was listening to a podcast but it's like they're talking about white supremacy and it's like white supremacy will eat its own young and i feel that the same way about capitalism like capitalism will eat its own young it will. like it'll breed 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 eat it and then just start all over again you yeah. know i mean i mean there's critiques with other forms of government too as well and i'm sure oh, for sure it's awful too you know like yeah uh, like uh like the dictatorships in, in different communist countries and stuff like that and right i'm not saying that that's the answer either i think mm -hmm. i don't know there maybe there probably is no per there's no perfect system but what's like the right. system that will allow for the least amount of uh, pain and suffering right i don't know and the most like equitable situation yeah which kind of makes me more leaning toward like social democratic system right and which you are probably as well <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah but yeah that's yeah. like affecting how my theology and my christianity and how i view uh, things and this year man it oh really, yeah really disappointed by the church and their yes. understanding of like the world it is. Oh, we like, I have those moments where I'll just zone out once in a while and just be like, God damn, like I, I can't, like I can't with the church. And it is in one way, she, I mean, I think it was Damian Lillard. He like posted something on Instagram. I think it was Damian Lillard. I forget. It was some NBA star. It was like, he said something like, oh, you know, like 2020 showed y'all's true colors. And I really needed that. And I was like, yes, I like 100% agree with that. It's like, it just exposed so much things that like people have been trying over the years to expose, but something about this perfect storm of like pandemic and this and that, like, quote unquote, like, sorry, not to use it in like a positive light, sorry, but um, you know what I mean? Like, it just really like ripped the veil in a lot of ways of so many different facets of the church and like what's wrong with it and what's good about it and everything in between you know so when i said the fish symbol or you know he is greater than i i used to be like comforted it's like oh that's christian but now i'm like oh gosh are they are, are they a trump voter <laughs> it's like oh no for real yeah 
It is. Not the same. Yeah. It really isn't. And like my, it's funny because, you know, from what I understand of the Christian ethic, it's that like you're in a place of like a little bit of constant questioning yourself. Like, obviously you can get really extra and you can just be like, you know, whipping yourself with chains and stuff. But I think there's a piece of it where we do question, like we should be like, at least within Christian discipline, if you become like, you're kind of beyond like the, like quote unquote, like younger stage and you like have been following this faith for a long time. Like, I think the basic tenets of like repentance and forgiveness and like the basicness, basic ideas of the gospel, like you should be in a place of constantly being like, huh, like I feel this way or I think this way. Is this really truly like in line with like what I claim to believe? Right. And like, and I find that I always find it interesting when the reaction is, hey, could you take a look at this? Like the church is being like X, Y, Z way. I'm always curious about this like reaction of like, oh, no, you know, like oh, cover it up or like, it's just interesting because it feels to me antithetical to like the Christian ethic and the Christian discipline. Yeah. And like, and it's not even like extra stuff. It's like one-on-one basic stuff. So I don't know that this could be a huge tangent, but I agree. I'm very, I'm in a interesting place at the church and I think a lot I, of us are. yeah, it makes me sad, encouraged in some ways. And then like really sad in a, like other ways. I kind of have this underlying feeling for the past few years about the church anyways. And they're just kind of like, yes, vomited. Yes. Everyone is their own God. Jesus is not Lord. Yeah. That's, that's what I've come to the conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. I think if anything for me this past year, it's like in the, in the same like thread of thought as you were saying, like, this is going to sound very theology school, but, um, or seminary, but just quite literally like the mystery of God, I feel like is, more prominent because I think that there are ways in which God is knowable and that he reveals us like to us that he is like knowable and like all these things. However, I think like there hasn't been enough stress on like, there's a lot of shit we don't know too. And it's like, and like, that's kind of part of it all, you know? And to say with so much like conviction and so much, which is like, it could be, from God or not, you know, and it's always usually a mixture of the two. How, like, how can you say for sure, like, this is, this is this, like, I'm questioning everything at this point, not in like a way of like, I don't believe in the faith or whatever. Like, I think in that way, I feel like I've experienced too much to be like, yeah, God's not real. Jesus isn't real. But if I believe what I believe, how am I contextualizing all of these things in my tiny human brain? And like coming to understand these things and like I'm becoming much more wary of like saying things for sure anymore too I feel like the more I understand the world to realize like I do not understand it so I don't understand the world I don't know God as long as I thought I knew yeah don't know myself don't nope I don't trust myself I don't trust nobody I don't trust plants you know I don't trust anything (laughs) so yes I'm a hundred percent on that page it is And then to kind of circle it back to like the financing, it's like, 
there's mystery. There's like only so much that we know, only so much available understanding out there. And then trying to like kind of harness it into like a biblical context as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, we can only be so wise. We can only do our best in a sense. And I think that's like, when you say it's not about greed, it's not about comfort. It's not about like these other things that like Korean Christianity or American Christianity or whatever kind of Christianity has kind of morphed it into. I really think it's like a exercise in wisdom and like just really trying to also figure out at the same time, like how do we do this thing called life plus God, you know? It's it's super hard to live life in the U.S., you know? Yes. In like... I feel in general. <laughs> yeah. In general as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously other countries have it way worse. Yes. But it doesn't need to be this way. That's, that's all. Oh, you know? for sure. For sure. Anyways, well yeah. thank you for having this conversation with me. It was very helpful. I'm gonna go pull out some funds from my savings account now and throw it into my credit card debt. <laughs> Yeah, especially if your credit card's like pretty high interest rate. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh for sure. Pay off your credit card credit card debt like immediately. Like yeah. Like it's like it's like it's a, a charcoal on your hand. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. That's weird. It's okay. I I my credit card debt is at zero because I've been really good about paying it off lately. But yeah, so. like those people if they like cut up your credit cards. Don't even be. Just use literally use only what you can actually have in your. Just use. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He only uses his debit card. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 is so tricky, and that's such a tricky, evil way for corporations to prey on uh, people. Yes. Yeah, because they don't. Understand. And it's us. It's the poor people that are paying. I learned this the other day on a podcast. We are we are paying for the people who like can afford to spend way more money on credit cards to have all those b- fancy benefits that they have in like, like the late fees and stuff that shit pays for yeah. you going to Sephora and like swiping your credit card for $500 to buy all your like things while I'm over here stuck with like no, $25, $50, like every, like so often if I overdraft or whatever, you know, it's insane. Some other things. Go off on a tangent, of course. Money, man. And apologize for all the It's a vicious cycle. Materialism, credit cards, plus everything else. And function in this world, how everything everything costs money. Yeah. Concepts like water. How do I Oh my god. But that's a whole different. uh, Oh, yes. But, okay. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. Yeah. This was helpful.